All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, a magnificent Monday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you uh, live as well on uh, Oilers Nation YouTube. You can uh, always get involved. Texas A three three four zero one fourteen forty in our Jiffy Lube inbox. It is the uh, Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where one hundred percent of the revenue stays right here in the lovely province of Alberta. It's PlayAlberta.ca, and uh, if you would have put at the start of the season. PlayAlberta.ca, the odds that uh, Jay Woodcroft would have been fired, well, the first coach fired during the year, most people probably wouldn't have taken that bet. But there you go. He was uh, 39-41-3. Or 79, excuse me, 79-41-3. And uh, and 13, in 133 games, they won 79 of them. Had the sixth most wins in the NHL over that span. But the uh, orders, uh, Jeff Jackson, along with Ken Holland, decided that, you know what? We got to make a change. And Jay Woodcroft, he's the guy who's out. And uh, Chris Knobloch comes in. Uh, Knobloch, of course, uh, won WHL title with Kootenai, won an OHL title with Erie, has been in the uh, Rangers organization as their head coach in Hartford the past few seasons. Of course, 
was a former member of the University of Alberta Golden Bears. So there's lots of Bears that have coached now in the NHL, but he uh, is the, a head coach, right? You've had Rob Dom, you've had Ian Herbers as uh, coaches in the NHL. Uh, of course, uh, Billy Morse. Claire Drake was with the Winnipeg Jets. Trying to see, is there other uh, Bear connections as uh, players or coaches who went to the NHL? But uh, Knobloch is now the main man, the head coach of the Edmonton Order. He has been on an NHL bench two years as an assistant coach in Philly. And also, he was uh, six games filling in for the Rangers when uh, David Quinn had COVID. The entire staff was isolated, so he's on the bench. But he did say, obviously, it's a lot different. You know what? You're just kind of filling in. You knew he wasn't there. You can relax. It was a lot of fun. You know, there's not as much pressure. But uh, now there's the pressure. But also the excitement of being an NHL head coach. So... Um, we will uh, we'll break down that. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Knobloch. Got a little emotional today, as he should. It's a big moment, man. Uh, pretty emotional today, of course, uh, for him, as he is now going to be an NHL head coach. It's a pretty big deal. It's not a lot of people that can say, I was an NHL head coach. Uh, much fewer than uh, people can say they're NHL players. So, uh, But it is a job that's uh, maybe not as um, comfortable long-term uh, as being a player. Uh, now, if you have success, but hey, as we just showed, you have success in your Jay Woodcroft. That doesn't guarantee you success. So uh, the orders, hey, here's the thing. They got to play better. Full stop. Nothing else. We can sit here and say, ah, maybe Woodcroft wasn't perfect. Of course, no one's perfect. But the Oilers' 3-9-1 record does not fall solely on the shoulders of Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. No chance. Zero chance of that. So we, I know a lot of people talk about the new coach bump. I do wonder if there's the old coach guilt kind of mixed in. I'm not sure which percentage is even for which, but the order simply got to play better. And the good news for Chris Knobloch is they will play better. Connor McDavid enters tonight 130th in NHL scoring. 130th. Are you, now, he's still first in the last six years, but he's 130th this year. He's played the most minutes of any forward. Let's stop about the injury. I think it's gotten way too much play. If a guy's banged up, is he taking extra time after practice and battle drills? No. Is he doing all the face-off drills? No. Right? McDavid, he said it himself. He spent extra time after after uh, practice with Dylan Holloway because he's got to try to work his way out of his funk. Even the greatest player in the game can beat an offensive funk. The good news for McDavid is he. I really haven't seen him making any egregious defensive errors. So that's good, right? Um, because that's a big problem for the, the majority of his teammates. But Connor McDavid is paid to score points, and right now he's not doing that. He's got to produce more. Simple. I, and I just, I don't think he would like it. It's don't, don't give excuses. Okay, don't give excuses. Connor McDavid, five times in his NHL career, has gone three straight games without a point. He's currently mired in the fifth time, which is crazy. He's never gone four in a row. Lock and load at a McDavid point tonight. He's never done it. Never. I'm not really in a position to make uh, bets right now, so I probably will have... Uh, I'm just giving you the facts, okay? Um, I lost a bet last week that take a long time to recover from. So I'm just giving you the insight that McDavid has never gone four games in his NHL career without a point. Ever. 
So do that with what you will at playalberta.ca. Think about it. But he's got to produce more. The Leon Drysaddle got it. Can't his body language frustrations got to be better? The owner's got to pr- protect the puck better. Take low, more low risk plays. Live to fight another day. Don't try to win the game on every shift. Can't do it. If it's a one-one game, now's not the time to take a low percentage risky play. Don't do it especially tonight against the New York Islanders, who are a team that can't score. They haven't been able to score for years. They're not suddenly going to become an offensive juggernaut. Okay, that's not in their DNA. That's not who they are. So play smart. They come in uh, losers of uh, four in a row, 0-3-1. and They'll be desperate, yes. But even their elite goaltender, Ilya Sorokin, by his standards, is meh. He's at 907 save percentage. His goaltending partner, Varlamov, has gotten five starts. They've been rotating now for the last eight games. Sorokin, Varlamov, Sorokin, Varlamov, Sorokin, Varlamov, Sorokin, Varlamov, and now it's Sorokin's turn tonight. We'll talk to Kevin Woodley about that. As crazy as it sounds, the way they're playing, the orders might be getting the better goalie to face. Now, that's like saying you'd rather face McDavid than Nugent Hopkins. Right? I don't think so long-term, but for one night, maybe. So uh, we'll see if the Oilers can take advantage of Soroka not being at the top of his game. The Oilers played a really good game in Seattle. That, that was the recipe. They scored early. Right? Banging around the net, right? Zach Hyman. And then they didn't give up any glorious chances. And, oh, by the way, they got a save in the first period on a high danger chance. I know some people are like, well, goalies never have to save the high danger. Uh, yeah, every now and then would be nice, and Stuart Skinner did. And then the orders in the second period, you're up or not. They didn't sit back. They outshot the Seattle Kraken 9-4. to Now they sat back in the third period. Sure, I don't care. That's when you should sit back. They didn't, and, and it's not like Seattle pumped them. Edmonton just didn't take any dumb risks. And look, they win the game fairly comfortable 4-1. to it's amazing how that works. So we'll see. Is it, you know what? Uh, Knobloch's in a great position, man. Just like Jay Woodcroft was. Woodcroft inherited a team that was underachieving, and it got them to play better. And now the orders, we'll see if they do the same. The challenge is going to be what happens in a year and a half. Are they going to stay committed? Or is this player group going to be like, meh, we'll go back to how we want. That's going to be the challenge for Chris Knobloch. Maybe another coach being fired is is the wake-up call the group needs. I have no idea. I, I'm not even going to try to pretend that I know that, uh, that I can say with confidence that uh, the older players are ready to do it. I just can't. So we'll see. You can always uh, text in the show, 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube Inbox uh, coming up today on the uh, show. Bronte will be by uh, the two-minute morning with Cam Tate. Of course, uh, TR will join us. Uh, not going to co-host the full one today because, uh, hey, he's shooting. Busy day at Shorzy for old TR, but uh, he'll make some time for us. Uh, Dale Arnold, author of the book Tough Guys. It's going to be a great uh, interview. He'll join us at uh, 320. Andy Petrillo will be by. Uh, Butch Goring. One of the greatest buckets in NHL history, analyst for the Islanders, will pop by, give us his thoughts on the Islanders. Like, I can't be surprised. Like, I'm surprised the Oilers' offense is 26th. They were the best offense in the league last year. They've been one of the high-scoring teams for years. Right? Let's be honest. We're all surprised the Edmonton Oilers are struggling scoring. 
If someone would have told you at the start of the year the Oilers would be struggling defensively, you'd be like, eh, okay, I could buy that. Struggling offensively, not many people were buying that. But the Islanders struggling defensively, put money on it all day long. They didn't make any changes in the offseason and thought that suddenly their offense would get it better. It was a terrible bet, and it's showing. Um, we'll get to uh, Speck. Uh, Kevin Woodley will be by. Also, we'll get to the uh, the lineups for tonight uh, a little bit later on, some line changes from uh, the head coach. Also, uh, we will hear from uh, the head coach, uh, Chris Knobloch, and uh, some of the older players, the nurse, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, as uh, the three leaders were all front and center today, as uh, they had to talk about, you know, another coach on the way out. So uh, we'll hear from them coming up this hour in the uh, National Football League. Quite the uh, the weekend. Quite the game between the Browns and the Ravens, back and forth, and the Browns end up victorious. What about Houston and Cincinnati? Those two games kind of lived up to the billing. Uh, Minnesota, Josh Dobbs. Are you a believer, Connor Halley? Are you a believer in Mr. Dobbs? The past or not? I have to be. I have to be. This guy's a genius. He gets out there, he makes plays happen, he utilizes his weapons, and he's only going to get better with the return of Justin Jefferson. So, heck yeah, I believe. And um, the uh, Chargers and Lions, uh. exciting game. <laughs> but, uh, again, your Chargers on the wrong end. Yeah, well, when you have a defensive guru like Brandon Staley, what do you expect, right? That was frustrating. The Detroit Lions, I mean, they have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. By no means did I expect the Chargers to slow them down that much, but I didn't think it'd be that easy. That was a hot knife through butter, or whatever the saying is. They absolutely torched that Chargers defense. It was embarrassing, uh, but I do like what Detroit's doing. Good to see uh, that them finally turn it around. That fan base has suffered for a long time, and it looks like Dan Campbell has them going in the right direction. Just got to figure out their defense as well. Yeah, well, uh, they're in a good spot, but hey, the Vikings are right behind them, man. Don't yeah. uh, The Vikings, how many teams lose their starting quarterback, then go out and make a trade, and boom, they're still in it, man. So give them a lot of credit. I give them a lot of credit in uh, in Miami, and or sorry, in Minnesota. And they might have just found their future quarterback without having to go and pay huge money. And uh, Kirk Cousins might be uh, testing free agency now. We'll see. I know it's early. I don't want to make a knee-jerk reaction. But there's people that are high on Dobbs before he got there. So it is something to monitor. For If he finishes the season strong, I could see Minnesota saying, well, hey, we can save money there. We can spend some elsewhere. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, he he's proven it, right? He's He's been that journeyman. It looks like he's fit in quite well there. And uh, they have a, a good team. I mean, they've they've got weapons there. They've got some good running backs. Obviously, the Akers injury isn't ideal. Uh, but like I said, Justin Jefferson getting close to returning. You mix him in there with uh, Addison and Addison and then Hawkinson. They, they've got a good group there. And yeah, if they can just turn those, those little losses into wins like they did last season, uh, Detroit's got someone hot on their tail for sure. And the Grey Cup will be handed out this weekend as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes will be doing battle in the 110th Grey Cup on Sunday. Uh, full marks for the uh, Alouettes. They go into Toronto and spank them. 38-17, and like, it was a no-doubter. And, and even Winnipeg never looked like, uh, you know, that game was was really in doubt against the BC Lions. So kind of unfortunate if you were looking for any kind of snooze fest. Like, the Argos had nothing going through three quarters. They, you know, they got some, I guess, garbage time points. But that one was uh, was pretty much done after three quarters. What was it, 24-3 to after uh, after three quarters? And you know what? Give them credit. Give Montreal credit. They came in. They got things done, man. You know, but it wasn't like they got it done without really doing much. Like Fajardo had 175 yards passing, right? I, I think he led them in rushing. Like it was kind of a boring game, to be honest, Konza. 
38 yards he had to lead them in rushing. Their running backs went for 31 yards, Gregor. On 12 carries <laughs> combined. 12 carries, yeah. You're right, you're right. But uh, I don't think any Alouettes fans are too concerned. I'm sure Coach Moss is pretty thrilled about how it worked out. Well, his defense won the game. Exactly, exactly. And I, I like what they've done. I mean, they, they went out and got, uh, I mean, they made some moves in the regular season, right? Sending some players away. I believe it was Jamal Davis, the the edge that they sent away to Hamilton. Like, they they got their guys in there that want to buy into the system, and they got the job done. And then on the flip side, you know, Winnipeg, some revenge maybe for last year, maybe want to get back on top of the mountain. So it's going to be a fun Grey Cup, and that game that game surprised me. I think I we all expected more out of Kelly in that Argos offense. Well, hey, four interceptions. Who thought that coming? Not me. Right? Not me either. So that's why you play the games, baby. That's why you uh, you play the games. So uh, coming up, uh, Bronte will uh, join us. Got a lot of text to get to. 833-401-1440. Hey, guys, I can see this backfiring pretty badly. Replacing a duo with 671 percentage with, with guys with no NHL experience. Talk about a bold move from uh, AD. Well, just for the record, Jay Woodcroft had no uh, NHL head coaching experience either. Right? When he took over. So, um, Chris Knobloch was an NHL assistant coach for a few years. Not as many as, as Woodcroft. Paul Coffey. Now, Paul Coffey's the one. If we want to have a conversation, that to me is the conversation. He's an advisor to the owner. And now he's an assistant coach. It is, it is a unique position to be in. Honestly, I can't ever think of one where you've had an advisor to the owner who's now also an assistant coach. I don't sense that Coffee's going to be the assistant coach. I don't think it's a guarantee it's all year. Maybe maybe it does become that way, but I won't be shocked if this is one where, hey, we're bringing in the new coach. We got an assistant coach that, um, you know, and they got Mark Stewart there, right? The guy's played, he's coached. It's it's not like he doesn't know anything about defense either, right? Coffee's coaching nowadays a lot of times is as much about communication as anything else. Right, like the system's a system. You get little messages here, there, but overall, you know, I thought Coffee's one statement about, hey, just play the odds depending on where you are on the ice. If it's a low risk play, stop trying to make it. Simple. Right, you heard they really want the defense to move the puck. Watch for that. That's the one thing that was stressed by their new head coach, Mister Knobloch. They're looking to move the puck up quickly from their defense. So uh, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Makes no, It makes sense, of course, with the speed of their forward group. But, you know, the coffee one, c- could this one go awry? Yeah. That one surprises me more than Knobloch. I had Chris Knobloch as a guy I thought the Rangers should hire. I think he's got a pretty good track record. I, I have no problem with, with a, co- a coach getting an opportunity. The coffee one does make you wonder, how is this going to go? In the room. Everybody knows he's an advisor. He's been around the team for 15 months. So he knows the players, but he doesn't know them as well as when you're the coach. It's just different. So can you massage both sides, right? That is, that's a tough one. So, so uh, we'll see. I know many of you, hey, Greg, is any truth to the rumor Jackson's going to fire Ken Holland and bring in LeBron McDavid's dad to be the GM? What a Mickey Mouse organization from Tyler. Again, see, I understand how this looks for people, but Connor McDavid did not ask for this. That that I can say 100% with certainty. That did not happen. And again, though, you could look and say people, now maybe a strong organization shouldn't care what outside people think of them. And maybe in real life too, like people I've never met, 
what they think about me is probably none of my business. I really don't care. Right? Why? You're never going to impress everyone. So why should you be too worried about it? Right? I think that's a, I think that's valid. But I agree that you look and say, hey, but Knobloch, yeah, he coached him, but he coached him like nine years ago. Those guys barely stay in touch. Right? So that, I don't know how much, yeah, there's a connection there. How deep rooted is it? Either, either party made it sound like it was, you know, they might be able to exchange texts every now and then, but nothing like where you're regularly communicating. Right? So you're like, oh, yeah, I know the guy, but yeah, he used to coach him for sure. The advantage Knobloch will have is when he sits down to speak with Connor McDavid. And if he says, hey, Connor, here's something I think, maybe McDavid will listen to it a little bit more because it's not a brand new voice. It's someone that at least has a connection with. So we'll, uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. Hey, Gregor, I appreciate how you talk facts and news about the team and not speculation. Love the show from Nick. Well, Nick, I think it's important, man. Uh, I, I take my job seriously. I don't like to. We have a lot of fun. Trust me. We make a lot of stupid comments. Hi, betting to uh, grow your hair out. Idiot. Right. But really, at the end of the day, that's not something that's, um, you know, what's going to impact my life. But uh, really, no one else's. Um, I, I don't like to to make guesses, uh, especially when, you know, like I'm around the team, but I'm not I'm not around the team. And even be, any media guys never fully around the team. Right. They don't tell you everything. You're never going to get to know everything. You know, you try to get some sources, but then you got to make sure you're trusting the source and to know. But um, from people that I've trusted for many years, I can tell you that uh, McDavid had nothing to do with this hiring. Nothing. Right? Like, I know people want to have fun with it. If you want to have fun with it, that's OK. But I'm just telling you, in all seriousness, uh, he didn't. Hey, Gregor, how come the goalie coach didn't get fired? Doug, well, I guess they didn't feel that uh, it was worthwhile firing him. We'll talk to Kevin Woodley about that. Coming up. On the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 225 Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. It is the Jason Greger Show. Welcome back. How are you? I hope you had a great weekend. I know uh, some of you uh, get the uh, day off today in lieu of uh, Remembrance Day. Hopefully uh, you took the appropriate time to uh, thank those who uh, have served or those who are serving today. It's now the Oil Report brought to you by... Volvo Cars Edmonton dot com where you stop in till the rest end of this month, baby. Unbelievable sale, seventy five hundred dollars off that you can save on any twenty twenty three model. You want to get the sleek S sixty or the XC nineties or any other vehicle? Check it out, Volvo Cars Edmonton dot com. As Ruben Bronte, uh, Robin Brownlee joins us. Uh, Rubes, uh, another another year, another new coach uh, in Edmonton. Uh, no one can say that Jay Woodcroft didn't have success. Uh, they obviously haven't had success in 13 games this season, but overall, there uh, there was success. Uh, what do you make of the move? Did you like the timing of it? And uh, what do you think of Knobloch? Well, a lot to unpack there. Um, I don't like the timing of the move. Uh, a... I think it's too soon to uh, write off the season. Uh, I know every loss, as it adds up, you tend to get more worried about how far you've got to come back, and the math starts to get daunting, even at this point, if you don't turn it around. What I don't like about the timing, though, Jay, is this. Uh, You're bringing in a new coach, a coach who's unfamiliar uh, with your players, 
a coach who is largely uh, unfamiliar with your opponents at this point, and he's got to he's got to try and hit the ground running, and that's really difficult. Um, I don't like it for that reason. If he's not darn near perfect, if they take a while to get going, those losses that you were worried about piling up under Woodcroft might happen anyway uh, through no fault of uh, Knobloch. He, he, I don't know that he, how he can step in and just say, okay, let's go. There's no settle-in time. Um Guy with no experience, save those games you mentioned, the six games as a fill-in. If you come in in the off-season, you come in for training camp, you've worked your way up through the organizational charts, they've decided to give you your shot, that's one thing. Dropped into the middle of things after 13 games is tough for anybody. And that's what I don't like about the timing. Uh, You ask about Knobloch, he struck me listening to the – avail this morning he's a he seems to me to be a very thoughtful guy yep who thinks about what he's going to say before he says it not just a lot of pat answers that you've heard a hundred times before um he struck me as right away as a man of uh character I'm going to be, I, I get to be, I'll be like him on this one because uh, I, like you, can get emotional. His response to the who got you here uh, question tells me something about the man, and I have never sat down and talked to them. But a guy who reacts like that under these circumstances where it could be all about him and all about the hockey, when he talks about his family, uh, that showed me something right there. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you should never take it for granted. It was, you know, it's unfortunate. One thing I didn't love about the press conference yesterday, I would, if it was me, I would have had the GM and CEO out first, talk about the Woodcroft and Manson, get that all out and then say, okay, now we're going to welcome in uh, our new head coach. And, you know, you can talk about it. It's a big moment for, for Chris Knobloch. It's not his fault that, uh, you know, he's replacing someone and that's unfortunate, but just like somebody, when you get called up, everybody's like excited for the guy who gets called up. They're, you know, not worrying about the person's spot they're taking. So, you know, we'll see Knobloch. I, I thought he was pretty honest in his assessment. He's like, hey, we're not reinventing the wheel. He was honest. He goes, I prefer to play zone defense. Mm-hmm. And zone defense isn't hard. Like, I saw, oh, wow, Woodcroft got fired because he tried to change the system. He put in zone defense, which a lot of teams do. And guess what? Knobloch's going to do it too. The players, their job is to execute. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult of a system. My goodness, you're playing in your little quadrant. Like, figure it out. It's not that hard. So, uh, you know, he also talked he's not going to change a whole bunch, little tweaks here and there, and as they go along, he'll look to uh, incorporate new things. But, you know what, for the first few games when they win, I like that he even said, he goes, like, eventually it will become my team. Even he admits, like, if the Oilers win tonight, he'll get the record of the W, but, right, um, it, it's not like he did anything yeah. magical that Woodcroft didn't do because Woodcroft won his last game as the head coach. So, uh, you know, that's why changing the coach – does something, but to me, it just re- reiterates if this team ever wants to go deep, they're going to need a better commitment from their players long term. We saw it last year for the final 40 games and it disappeared in the playoffs, at least the defensive ones and the, and taking too many high risks. And that's what's been killing him again this year. So that's what I'm going to watch for, Robin. And then the one thing that the coach can control is if those high risk decisions keep occurring. And I'm not saying the first time it happens because it'll be the first time under his watch. 
But if it occurs multiple times, will we see the coach hold the top 10 skaters accountable? That's what I'll be waiting to see. Yeah, and you know what? That that, that scenario is, is is really important. You know, he he can't come in here and to that part of it, holding people accountable, uh, try and be uh, Mr. Hardass or something he's not. What he can do um, is hold players accountable, as you suggest, when it needs to be done. Uh, he's probably going to have to back off a little bit. I mean, for argument's sake, tonight's game could be full of blunders, and he can't go full nine yards his first time uh, behind the bench. He's going to make mental notes, and he probably, hey, fellas, uh, this, that, and the other thing. But he's got to do it. And we touched on it off the top, Jason. Yet another coach, you know, I wrote today, uh, and I know you wrote as well, I thought the coaching carousel here had stopped at least for a little while with Woodcroft. But at the bottom line, it's up to the players. The coach can influence his group of players, but he's not going to make a terrible team great. He's not going to make a great team terrible. It's up to the players. And after a while, when you start adding up the number of guys who've uh, coached here, and you just you just have to go back as far as from uh, Connor McDavid's first season, it's too many. It's 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 not the coaches. You had a guy who, in for argument, you know, just to mention one guy. Ken Hitchcock, yes, at the end of his career, but who came in here, he's going into the Hall of Fame tonight as a coach. He's the fourth winningest coach in history. He didn't turn this thing around, okay? You have a young guy like Jay Woodcroft, he turns it around. He didn't get stupid between last season and this season, but the results weren't there. And you have to go with the results, but the fact is it's the players, Pick a percentage, 90% of it, 85%, 95%. It's the players. If they execute, if they're committed, you've got a chance to win. If they don't, it doesn't matter if Scotty Bowman's coaching you. You're not going to win. And that's the problem here. So I hope the players look around the room and go, you know what, we're on the verge of blowing something here because we felt like legit contenders when we started talking about cup or bust and when we had 109 points and when we got beat in the western conference final uh we came up short we thought we could take the next step instead they've taken a big step back you better get it done now because if you got to start another rebuild or one of the big guys says i don't know about this situation i might try my luck elsewhere and that's not a threat or anybody suggesting that's what they're thinking but at some point it could happen man Take this team and turn it around now. You've got largely the same group of guys who put back-to-back 100-point seasons together, and it's just gone horribly wrong in 13 games. It doesn't mean it has to stay wrong. I hope he has some success, but it's going to come down to the guys who are in the uniforms, not the guys standing behind the bench. Robin Bradley joins us on Sports 1440 Live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Um Knobloch came in, uh, first move that's really kind of significant. Not that we've never seen it before, but uh, he splits up McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, he has uh, Nugent Hopkins with yeah. McDavid and Kane with Drysaddle. That, that's the one move that's actually quite different because 
McDavid and Drysaddle have never really had a ton of uh, sorry. McDavid and Nugent Hopkins haven't had as much success as Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins for whatever reason. And so I like Kane with Drysaddle and Hyman. It's a big heavier line, no question. Um, when Connor Brown is in, which might happen as early as Wednesday, I would think he would take Sam Gagne's spot on the top line mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I, I wonder, like the one move I could see here is Nugent Hopkins and Kane possibly swapping, or maybe. He's just got a different idea on how he's going to want to coach. So it's something for me to watch. But I will say, and I'm only basing this on what, what uh, I, I heard in his response yesterday, is he, he believes being a player, players like consistency. And so I think we won't see as much of a blender on lines unless there's injuries. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, he may take looks at combinations. He may feel right away, oh, that's not how I th- thought it would be or I didn't like that much it doesn't mean it's consistently shuffling guys around he may have them together for a game if he goes mm, I don't see a match here then maybe he makes a switch or two but it's not up and down the lineup and it's not necessarily period by period I, I'm interested to see how this initial set of lines work people uh, some people have noted well he's going away from the status quo with with McDavid and Drysaddle, it's not really the status quo if you look at how much they play together and how much they don't overall. You know, they spend that's the fail safe when you need those guys. Yeah, you can bet uh, they end up together, and some people see that as a negative. I don't necessarily see it that way when you need uh, to get back into a hockey game, but. I want to see this initial set of lines. Sam Gagne going from uh, PTO to uh, uh, top line minutes is an interesting concept. He won't stay there. But, uh, yeah, let's have a look. But I want to see the jump. I want to see the commitment to the little bit, little details. Because you don't have to come out with your hair on fire. You want to come out hard and you want to come out with energy. But you want to come out smart and, you know, Play as you can. We haven't seen an, the Oilers play as they can often enough this season, Jason. They've they've been terrible. Uh, they've been getting beat off the rush. They're not a track meet team. Yes, they're an offensive team. But when they get into a track meet, they don't fare too well. So bring the puck up the ice. Spend some time in the offensive zone. And speaking of the offensive zone, spend a little time defending your own uh, area in front of the net. They need that on the opposite end of the ring too. They need a lot of things when you got three wins at this point, but I'm interested to see a change. I'm not looking for a bounce. You expect a bounce in energy when they change coaches, but I want to see some things you can go, hey, that's better defense. That's better gap. That's a that's a stronger looking box. That PK looks sharper. That power play uh looks good because it's been slowly uh you know fading a little bit there's a lot of things to keep an eye on going in into tonight against the islanders that's for sure well uh the good news is they're taking on a team like this is the easiest game not to take risks the islanders offense is putrid it's been putrid for years this is you can say you know what this is a game we could win two to one because we're pretty confident the other team isn't going to generate a lot of offense and we as an order team you should be confident you could out generate chances on them that's that's the way I would like. You should never have to worry about playing a high level risk hockey against the Islanders because they're just they don't have a lot of offense. It's no. a fact they haven't had offense for years. So you know what? Um, you know the orders. Hey, against Seattle, same thing. Seattle 
little banged up. Uh, they don't have a ton of offensive juggernauts on their team, and that's what Edmonton did. Edmonton didn't give up many glaring chances. And the goal, when they did, the goalie actually did his job and made it safe, which is crazy how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's, what, a, what a weird concept, eh? Yeah, I, you know, abs- absolutely. This team, um, I honestly believe, Jason, because, you know, it's easy to forget what you said or what you wrote because – I'm as guilty of it as as anybody sometimes. I thought this team uh, could, and in fact, stronger than that, I shouldn't even back off, would win the Stanley Cup this year. Well, that's so far out the window right now. It's okay to be wrong. That's not the the object of the exercise. But I've just been so surprised that they just haven't put together stretches where you go, that's just bad luck, or it's a bad break, or it's a bad bounce, or... Man, if they would have got a save. Yeah, some nights it's a save. Some nights it's a PK. Some nights it's the five-on-five play and the overall team defense. There's been so many little fires to put out to this point. It's easy to forget that this was a pretty good team these last couple years. And if they take care of their own business, because I haven't seen a team come in and beat them down because they were a far superior team. I know that opening loss to Vancouver is an improved club, but you know, eight goals, man, no, there's that's not the difference between these teams. They've done a lot of little things to take a step back as opposed to, you know, it was a a, a mirage that they were the, as good as they were the last two years. This is a good team. Go out and prove it. Rubes, have a good one. We'll talk to you Thursday. You sure will. Thanks, Jason. It's uh, Robin Browning joins us every Monday and Thursday here on Sports 1440. Got a lot of texts coming in. Oof. I, I do I do want to read this one before we go to uh, to break. Uh, um, hey, guys, uh, isn't it concerning the orders have so many U of A connections? Cates and Stauffer alumni. But we know, uh, but now they hired Knobloch, gave Schwartz a job for life despite his incompetence. The U of A is a great hockey program, but it's not an NHL factory like Alabama or Ohio State in football. It's a really bad look for the orders being stuck in a local bubble and not looking elsewhere to help the franchise win the ultimate or win the, of winning the cup. Uh, you better read this, grow some balls. <laughs> From Dirtbag. I always love those ones like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If I don't, if I don't read the Dirtbag's text here, geez, I'm, they're going to shrivel up to little seeds, first of all. Um, so Daryl Cates is an alumni of the U of A, but he's also someone who canceled the U of A Oilers rookie game because he didn't like how they're dealing with things. Um, the, uh, the goalie coach did play at the university. That's factual. Not sure what more of a connection you want there to suggest that they control things. Are, are you suggesting that Stoff had a say in Chris Knobloch being the head coach here? Mm. That's a real good reach. Um, like, because you're saying it's the U of A mafia. Everyone else is saying it's the Iriati mafia. Like, how many mafias are there that's running this? It's Daryl Cates. Daryl Cates is the owner. He's the one. He's got Paul Coffey as an advisor. Right, brought in Jeff Jackson. This is Jeff Jackson's move. Jeff Jackson was the one actually that has a stronger connection to Knobloch than Cates ever did, and that's what you're missing, dirtbag. Go look at Jeff Jackson. Of course, he was Connor McDavid's agent. Connor McDavid's junior coach for the only three years he was there was Chris Knobloch. Then you look at how many other clients that played for Chris Knobloch. They'll be able to give Jeff Jackson an 
uh, a player's insight into how he was as a coach. And then he asked clients who played for him in the American League, who played for him in Philadelphia. This is much more Jeff Jackson than the U of A Mafia. Like, if you guys are going to come up with conspiracy theories, at least take a few moments to do a deep dive and go down the right rabbit hole. You're digging with the hamsters right now, not even with the groundhogs. You're not close to digging down the wrong conspiracy angle right now. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We have a a two-minute warning with Cam Tate and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 250, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, game day, the Oilers hosting the New York Islanders. Uh, Oilers will have a new head coach. The Islanders uh, come in, uh, losers are four in a row, 3 and one in that time, they've been outscored 17 to 8. Their uh, all star goaltender, uh, Ilya Sorokin, uh, struggling. They're basically rotating for the last eight games. It's been Varlamov, Sorokin, Varlamov, Sorokin, Varlamov, Sorokin. Varlamov played their last game in Washington on Saturday and lost. So looks like they'll be getting Sorokin. Sounds crazy to say. But based on how they're playing recently, they might be getting the easier goalie. We'll talk to Kevin Woodley about that. In a sec, but uh, first, let's get to the uh, two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. Of course, Cam Tate, longtime uh, journalist in the city. Cam has uh, cerebral palsy; he's uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, it's tough for him at times to for everybody to understand everything he's saying clearly. So, through the uh, wonders of technology, though, Tater is able to be part of the show and he joins us every Monday and Friday. Thanks, Big J. Fast Eddie reading Cam Tate's words today. The human element, sports fourteen forty. Morning man Kevin Carius asked Oilers general manager Ken Holland an extremely hard question and waited for an even more difficult answer on Sunday. Coaches are hired to be fired. Sports is a business, but every business is run by people, good people, talented people. 
Holland said it was extremely difficult. Manson lost his wife to cancer in the summer. Holland was in Prince Albert for the celebration of life for Mrs. Manson. Think about it now. Three months after a profound, sad day for Manson, Holland told Manson he was out as Euler's assistant coach. It's cruel. We can't blame Manson if he heads east to Christopher Lake, Saskatchewan. Put his feet up and reflect on life, and he may, but only for a while. The Dave Manson I know, a friendship going on three decades, is someone who takes every single setback and somehow rises to continue on his journey because he is a fighter. In 1992, he was hit in the throat during a fight. To this day, Manson talks in a whisper, a lasting symptom from his altercation. He has been in hockey ever since that night, and I have every reason to believe Manson will be back, maybe with his alma mater, the Prince Albert Traders, maybe in pro. Ask any person involved in minor hockey. Skates, pucks, and sticks are the tools used to teach the game. Teamwork, mental toughness, how to compete. Dealing with adversity and other life skills are learned in environments away from the rink. When someone involved in hockey steps onto the ice, already driven and highly competitive, the sport only magnifies the person. Dave Manson is such a person. It will sting for a while, but watch Manson come back. It is simply what he does. Two-minute warning with Cam Tate. Monday, Friday, Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, um, you know him and his family, they lost his wife uh, this summer. She'd had a few-year battle with cancer. And yeah, that's just, I guess, another added wrinkle to, to difficulties when you make a decision like this to uh, fire the head coach and uh, an assistant coach. And I wish uh, Jay Woodcroft and uh, Dave Manson um, all the best. In in you know, I, I assume uh, you'll see them uh, resurface, whether it's a duo or single. We'll see, right? Um, you know, Dave. Now, um, you know, he admitted when I talked to him at camp. Uh, you know, coming to the rink was kind of the easy part. It's when you got home and. You know, your wife wasn't there. That's when it was difficult. So uh, I'm sure now uh, might be even a little bit more difficult here in the coming days to him. So hopefully uh, uh, friends and family reach out and uh, make sure he's doing all right. Lots of texts to get to, uh, 833-401-1440. Uh, Greg, aren't you a little concerned about the leadership group and how they haven't learned anything from having coaches fired? Seeing Drysaddle pout on the ice isn't a good look when he's supposed to be a leader. I think it would be a bad look at McDavid and Drysaddle all of a sudden got three points. Don't care if it's a coach bump or not. It looks like they didn't care enough previously from it happening from McGavin. Well, I don't know if, if I got to go back and look at, you know, how many points did they have, you know, leading up to Dave Tippett being fired, right? Like Connor McDavid having uh, no points in three games. It has happened four other times in his career, right? The fact that it comes now when the team is struggling obviously isn't good. There's no question about that. I don't I don't think that they're them suddenly playing better would be because oh we got a new coach and we're happy now. Maybe it's because they're guilty, or maybe it's just the fact that eventually the odds are McDavid's gonna score again. Right? He's never went four games in his career without scoring a point. So if he scores a point tonight, I'm not gonna look at it, it's because they have a coach, or even if he scores two. Right? Like McDavid would score multi point games for fun uh last year and, and for a lot of years of his career. I do agree with you that dry saddle, you know what? If you want to be frustrated every now and then, it's okay. But right now, it seems that the frustration is much more noticeable and it's more frequent. And you're right, as a leader, you have to limit that. You can be frustrated, you can't show it. 
there's two different things. Like I would never expect a player to be content with the team losing ever, but you don't want to show that frustration outwardly all the time. If it's once in a while, I'm fine with it. Guy snaps, you know, whatever here and there, I'm okay with it. I don't like, but it's when it's consistent and lately you have seen too much of it. I think that's fair. So, you know what? That's on the player. But that's also a conversation, and it's a tough conversation that someone in the organization should have with him. That's what good organizations do, right? It's what happens in good, healthy relationships is you have the uncomfortable conversation. Maybe you've done it with your friends. Maybe as a boss or, you know, you somebody you do it at work. But eventually it has to happen. Otherwise, there's not going to be growth. And I don't ever expect Leon Dreisaitl to to be Mr. Jolly because that's not naturally who he is, and that's okay. That's fine. I, I, you know what? He makes lots of jokes when he wants with his friends, but he's a competitive guy. Call him the grumpy German. That's kind of what, how it comes across, and that's okay. But it can't be as frequent as it has been lately. I think that's a, a very fair factor, right? Keep in mind, though, they didn't score a point. Either one last game, and the orders won four to one handily. So, oh, good sign for the team. You can't win every time. If without those guys, sometimes you have to show, hey, we can win without them, no problem. But to me, it's not so much how they play in the first game; it's what happens in four months. Are the Edmonton orders in two months, and can they finally get it through? and have convinced that they aren't going to win consistently or at the big moments until they commit to being better defensively as a team and lowering the high-risk chances that they've tried. Whether it's a high-risk pass in your back end deep inside the offensive zone that gets intercepted and leads to an odd man rushing a goal, whether it's a high-risk, unnecessary pinch at the blue line in the offensive zone that leads to an odd man rush the other way, It's trying to force a pass in your defensive zone rather than make the simple play. Sometimes it's holding on to the puck at the blue line, thinking, oh, I can get a shot through. No, I'm just going to dump it into the corner. They're not going to score from there. If I take this shot, maybe get stopped. Now they have an odd man rush. Those are the decisions that need to be improved by this team. And they've been there consistently for the last, what, six years. We've seen them disappear for a while, but then they resurface. So I'm not going to make a reaction over one game if Drysaddle scores tonight. Good. They need him to score. They need McDavid to score. They need Nugent Hopkins to score. What do you want him not to score tonight? You want them to score. They have a combined two goals in the last 10 games. Combined. So I wouldn't be looking. To me, it's if, if the fact they're scoring, that should be looked as a positive. Because right now the order's offense is non-existent. It, chances created is nice. They got to build off of the Seattle game and keep scoring and then also reduce their goals against. But I would never look at it as a negative right now if McDavid and Drysaddle score. I don't care about the optics or anything else. They need to produce. Point blank. Hey, Gregor, great article in the weekend. Nailed it on two simple questions. I had to check to make sure I hadn't wrote it from Randy. <laughs> it's true. Here, here were my questions. That I thought, like, there's two questions I'm going to have asked. Are the players going to commit to playing 
consistent, sound defensive hockey. And if they don't, is the new head coach going to hold them accountable? Those are the two. Because I, I keep hearing, the oh, yeah, we hold each other accountable. But you can say you do, but your actions show otherwise. Simple. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep doing the same things that cost your team games. It's a different player. It might be a different play. It might be a, a pass or a decision or a pinch, whatever. They're all in the same boat. So that, to me, is what I will watch for. And I don't... I won't be able to get the answers to those questions. They're no instant answer. They could play very well tonight. Awesome. They played well against Seattle. So great. You know what the, you know what happens if the Orders win tonight? That means they finally won two games in a row this year, which leaves only Chicago as the only team in the league. The San Jose freaking Sharks have actually won two games in a row this year. They've only won two games all year. They've still won two in a row. You want to get on a streak, you want to get rolling in the right direction, you need to string together some positive game and start building on it. The Orders haven't been able to build on that all year. They beat Nashville, then they were terrible in Philly. They beat Calgary, and then they were loose as a goose against Dallas. So what will they be tonight? We'll find out. Let's get to the con man of Sports 1440 Update, brought to you by BIE Engineering, specialized in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to B-I-E-E-N-G.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.